0: New Frontiers, that's the theme of the week. NASA releasing exclusive footage of a rover landing on Mars. Are humans next? Meanwhile, big news from a music and cultural icon. Stevie Wonder is on the move. I wonder where to. Perseverance rover touched down in the Jezero crater on the surface of Mars last week. This week, NASA released one-of-a-kind footage of the landing. Its mission? Collect surface samples in search of ancient life. NASA thinks humans might be next. New frontiers indeed. Stevie Wonder also announced he's on a mission to a new frontier. The 71-year-old icon, winner of 25 Grammy Awards, is heading to Ghana. Politics, he said out of control in America. So he's going to move, looking for a slower pace and some time to rest. Something we could all use, right? Christ Jesus embarked on a mission too. The kingdom is advancing. His goal, eternal rest with the Father. Welcome to Haven today. I'm Charles Morris sharing the great story that's all about Jesus, and this is a program, part of a series this week called Great Stories of Grace. Today's great story comes from Africa and the eastern country of Malawi. I realize there's a chance you may not have even heard of this country. Honestly, I didn't know much about it until I visited several years ago on the invitation of Christians who invited me to come and preach. Stations there play haven today. And it was a true joy to see God's kingdom growing in Malawi. Today we're going to meet up with the president of the country. His name is Dr. Lazarus Chiquera and he loves Jesus. The story of my life has been Jesus and God's grace. The president of Malawi will be back with us in a moment to share about how he came to know Jesus, how Christ called him to be a minister of the gospel, and why he believed the Lord was calling him to be president of his country. It's a fascinating story that I want you to hear. But before we go to Malawi, I'd like to invite you to partner with me so we can keep sharing the great story of all time, the story of good news found in Jesus Christ. And when you contact us after the program and make a gift to his ministry, I want to send you the new book called Gentle and Lowly, The Heart of Christ for Sinners and Sufferers. It was written by a young pastor outside Chicago. Dane Ortland is the grandson of my predecessor on this program, the late Ray Ortland. Dane was yearning to know Jesus better, and his book reveals how he was changed dramatically by learning more about the heart of Christ. We have this book in either the hardback or the audio version read by the pastor for your gift to Haven today. Call us after the program, won't you, at eight hundred six five four twenty 865-HAVEN. Or visit our website and hear Dane read some of his book or read an excerpt yourself at haventoday.org. haventoday.org. And now before we head to Africa, we open up with the Brooklyn Tabernacle Choir. That's a song I haven't heard in a while. God is working, sung as only could be sung by the Brooklyn Tabernacle Choir, opening this haven today. And I'm Charles Morris with a special program called Great Stories of Grace. I've been to Malawi, Africa, twice to speak at preaching conferences in the country. We're on the air every morning on a station covering the capital city of Lalongwe. It's one of those places where you preach... The worship services are long. You start singing, and you wonder if anyone is coming. But one by one, two by two, and families showing up on foot. And before you preach, the churches are packed. What you're going to hear is an interview conducted by our own Jim Grams, who for many years led his denomination's mission effort to the lower half of the continent. Dr. Lazarus Chaquera was running for president for the first time when Jim did this interview, but he lost. And as happens in Africa, the election was questionable. But then last year, this pastor theologian ran again and was elected president of his country during COVID. So let's settle back and let's listen to this great story together. I am with uh, Dr. Lazarus Chaquera.
1: Dr. Chaquera is an old friend that I met many, many years ago in Africa. And uh, he is here with me, and I just want him to say hello to you. Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. Dr. Chiquera is, uh, is the leader in the country of Malawi, where he served for many years as pastor and also director, principal of a Bible college. And uh, I first met him, my goodness, how long ago is it, Dr. Chiquera? It's been a long time. It's been quite some time, probably 26, 27 years ago. That would be about right. I, I have called him for years. He's, he calls me Jim. I call him Lazarus. But uh, I've just heard that uh, in Malawi these days they're calling him Dr. Laz. Why would that be? Well, it's uh, it became a very, very a fond name. Um, I used to do a program on radio, Quality Time, with Dr. Laz, and everybody just kind of loved it. That brings up an interesting uh, question, also. Your name, Lazarus, I understand that your father uh, named you Lazarus for good reason. Tell me about that.
2: Yes, Uh, Lazarus is a Bible name, and um, when I was born, those that had been born ahead of me, which were boys, died in infancy, only the girls survived. And so when I was born, I was pretty much given up for dead. They thought I wouldn't make it. And my dad then said, no, we'll call him Lazarus, as if come back from the dead. And so uh, that name has uh, meant a lot to me because it gives me hope. uh, It inspires me. And uh, when things seem dead, we know there's life because of
1: Jesus. Amen. That's a wonderful testimony of uh, God's faithfulness. You have left the pulpit to go into politics, and uh, that's not a normal step in the life of uh, a church leader, which you have been for many years. Tell me how that came about. I had one uh, reporter ask me one time, he says, if you don't make it as president,
2: are you going to go back to ministry? I looked him in the eye and I said, "Uh, let's just make one correction. I did not leave ministry. This is ministry to me. And so, um, while it was uh, quite a drastic decision, one that took a time before I really uh, made up my mind to run for the presidency of Malawi, I prayed a lot, I consulted uh, many trusted friends and church leaders, as well as those outside the church, because I had been receiving requests intimations. You know, people beseeching me and said, this country needs help. This country uh, needs redemption. This country needs leadership on a different level. And I would say, what are you talking about? He says, we've observed you as a leader of Malawi Sons of God, uh, Evangelical Association of Malawi, and other bodies. And uh, we see how you conduct yourself. This is just about the type of leadership Malawi needs at this moment. Would you consider, you know, running? And I didn't want to listen to people's voices and people's opinions. That bothered me because all my life I have listened to the Lord and I have studied the Word and I have uh, walked closely with the Spirit. So I give people what I believe the Lord has given me to give them. And I didn't want to be seen to be obeying people's voices, after all. I used to quote at one time Martin Luther's uh, statement that one man with God is a majority, because I wanted truth to be proclaimed, because that's what sets people free. And so I I would study, I would pray, and one day, as I was praying in my office, uh, I got tired, and so I said, let me take a break. And I went out, and you know, in just a moment, it hit me, as if the Lord was talking my spirit, and I heard that voice. God said, didn't I listen to people's cries? Didn't I see people's sufferings? Didn't I say that I'm come down to deliver them? Isn't that the reason I called Moses? So it was so strong, I went back to the office, got my Bible, and got to Exodus 3 and reread that passage. And then I read other passages. I read about how God had called David to pastor the whole nation of Israel. I read about how God wanted Israel as a nation to be a type of the kind of uh, relationship that God would have with his people. Blessed is that nation whose God is Yahweh. And that righteousness is what exalts a nation, because sin is a reproach to uh, any people. And how that, when the righteous are in authority, or the righteous increase, people rejoice. Uh, But when the wicked uh, rule, people groan. I read about how Jesus taught us as his disciples to pray that God's kingdom would come, that his will would be done on earth. Always thought, you know, kingdom come means whenever Jesus comes. But then he taught us to pray now that his reign, his rule would be demonstrated. I, I pondered over those scriptures. Just as Jesus is and we are on earth, his representatives, I came to believe with deep conviction that he wants even those kingdom principles in terms of governance of nations be applied here and now, even before he comes to set up his perfect kingdom. When I came to that conclusion and I said, okay, Lord, if this is what you want me to do, uh, I'll do it. Peace came over my soul. And it was like the fight was over. I went home, told my wife. I called my children together. Some of them are ministers in their own right. Everyone loves the Lord, full of the Holy Spirit. We prayed in our kitchen, you know, and they affirmed my decision. I talked with the church leadership, and they affirmed the decision. I talked with other leaders. They encouraged me and said, we want to pray for you. This is what we need.
1: I I know Africa pretty well. I spent many years on the continent and uh, traveled from east to west and north to south and uh, you know as well as I that uh, many, many leaderships of different countries have seen tremendous amounts of corruption and as a result the people have suffered greatly. When I heard that you were considering doing this and have decided to run for the presidency, my prayer is, God, let it be, because it be. the man that I am looking at right now is a man of integrity, great preacher. I, I've listened to you preach, my brother, and uh, you have a word always from the Lord. So how do you, how do you attack the corruption of Africa? Corruption is uh, it's a matter of the heart.
2: And if we will have people of integrity in high places, that will set an example. People that will have political will to deal with this cancer that eats at the soul of many nations, including Malawi. There's a whole lot of wastage, a whole lot of corruption, a whole lot of uh, uh, ineffectiveness in service delivery. What we need to do is to say. The development of our country does not depend on anyone else. It depends on us. If other people give us help, they ought to be aiding what we have determined to be a future we want. The majority of Malawians today still live, uh, uh, you know, on cents to put it in, in uh, U.S. money. It's pathetic. And many of them still uneducated, cannot read and write. And we take advantage of that by uh, sometimes appearing to be the good people when we have accrued uh, you know, so much wealth unto ourselves and then we give handouts. Yeah. They must be empowered. They must be the people with the food. They must be the people with the money. They must be the people with the houses. They must build Malawi because this is a Malawi for all of us.
1: That's a wonderful, wonderful answer. Our president for Haven and also our our speaker always ask when he does an interview a question that uh, we're going to start wrapping up here but the question is what does jesus mean to you jesus
2: is all my life you know i was born and raised in a christian home and my parents taught me about jesus i learned about christ and we memorized scriptures it wasn't until when i was in secondary school however that i personally I gave my life to this Jesus, and my life was transformed. I couldn't speak to people. As many as five, that was too many. I would shut up and, and crawl in. And when I got saved, at that time, I was thinking, I'll be a medical doctor. I can deal at least with one person at a time. But God just changed my life. And I began to preach, even as a teenager. And I, you know, God just began to use me in ways that I would astound myself. And so the the story of my life has been Jesus and God's grace. Lazarus, come back from the dead. Someone who couldn't do anything, and yet God says it's a tool I can use to do something. And so Jesus means all my life to me. And the family that he gave me, the children that we have, everyone loving the Lord, saved at tender ages and continuing to serve the Lord. And uh, we're believing that this blessing will go on to our grandchildren. This is what I'm talking about, a nation that does not think in terms of just us. What about our children? What about our grandchildren? What about the generations to come? And if we put Jesus at the center of this, because he's the one who owns everything and he has been to tomorrow, he will take care of our future. That's Jesus to me. <laughs>
1: All right, I'm going to ask you to do one more thing, and that is to pray for, for your country, to pray for the uh, nation of Malawi. Would you do that for me?
2: Yes, I'd be glad to. Father, in the name of Jesus, we recognize that you are a God of all nations. You are a God of this particular nation of Malawi. You were there when this nation became independent, even before it became independent, after it became independent, and right now, even in a dispensation of multi Lord, you are still the Lord of Malawi. I pray there would be such unity as one nation. And I pray that you would give us such a vision that would be shared amongst all of us as one vision that describes a future that Malawians want. And I pray that you would give us the discipline and, and the courage to follow through in order to realize that vision for inclusive growth for a blessing for a more prosperous Malawi, for a Malawi that is able to be food secure not just for a month not just for a season not just for a year but food secure at all times in Malawi whose people truly fear God because we declare as a uh, that we are a God-fearing nation Keep us away from sin. Keep us away from those things that corrupt our hearts. And keep, away from, uh, us, keep us away from uh, uh, the, the temptation of using power as a tool to oppress others while our spirits die in the process because of too much of that power making us corrupt leaders. I pray that you would help with the traditional leadership We pray that you help with the political leadership, the religious leadership, and all the civic leaders. I pray that everyone would work together for a common cause to say, this is One Malawi, and this is what God has given us, and we want to work out together so we are truly empowered economically and socially and politically, but above all, spiritually. Thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus. Amen.
3: But now I see.
0: sung for us by Wintley Phipps, Amazing Grace, here on Haven Today, and a program called Great Stories of Grace. I'm so thankful we were able to share that interview that my brother Jim Grams did with Lazarus Chiquera, the current president of Malawi in Eastern Africa. I really love how he said the story of his life was Jesus and God's grace. All I can say is amen to that. And before we go, I'd like to invite you to help Haven Today keep sharing the great story that's all about Jesus. And for your financial support, I want to send you a new book written by a young pastor called Gentle and Lowly, The Heart of Christ for Sinners and Sufferers. Recently, I asked Dane why he wrote this book, and here's what he told me. The reason I wrote this book is because uh, people must know what jesus is really like in actually what he feels toward them not just when they're doing well but when they're doing poorly whether morally or when they are in suffering we need to know that jesus is almost like a magnet drawn towards us in those times of distress because that's the christ given to us in the gospels we deeply disbelieve that he's like that but it's there in black and white on the pages of our Bible so in this book I really wanted to bring people into that glorious truth that's Dr. Dane Ortland talking about Gentle and Lowly it's become a bestseller in just a few short months churches are using it in groups and people like me are savoring it slowly because it will help you understand the heart of Jesus better but don't take my word for it come to our website haventoday.org Haventoday. Dot org. Listen to Dane read some of the book or read an excerpt for yourself. Make your gift to the ministry, and we'll get you either the hardback or the audio version read by the author. You can also call us for Gentle and Lowly at 800 654 2836. 800 65 Haven. As a friend of mine says, read this book, and you'll understand God's grace in a whole new way. I'm Charles Morris. Thank you so much for joining me with Jim Grahams and Lazarus Chaquera. Won't you come back again tomorrow when again we get to share together the great story that's all about Jesus here on Haven Today? Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's word. It was the Apostle Paul, nearly 2,000 years ago, who said that anyone who trusts in Christ will face persecution. It's not an accident. It's not optional. The crucible, trial by fire, or maybe better to think of it as a sponge. Circumstances squeeze us, and in that moment, whatever we've been soaking in comes out. Persecution hurts, but through it, the Lord strengthens us. We don't go looking for trouble. Of course not. But trouble finds us. In fact, Jesus says in Matthew 5.10, we are blessed when we are persecuted. Persecuted for righteousness, for his name's sake. Christ tells us to rejoice in that moment. Our reward will be great in heaven. Spend more time with Jesus with Anchor Devotional. Visit GetAnchor.com.